You're listening to. Hey, welcome to Books and Boba, a book club and podcast featuring books by Asian and Asian American authors. My name is Marvin Yue. And I'm Rira Yu. And we are here for our August 2023 mid-month book news check-in, uh, where we go over the latest Asian American uh, publishing and book news. Um, as always, we are supported by our listeners at patreon.com slash booksandboba. So head over there if you want to support the podcast and get access to our special members-only Discord server, as well as our monthly bonus Boba Chat episodes. Um, yeah, Rira. Yes. We are almost like more than halfway through summer yeah yeah it's cooling down thankfully <laughs> for now we're, we're expecting a, a rainstorm this weekend which is good um yeah stuck- tropical storm coming to california <laughs> yeah um i've been i've actually been stuck at home the last few days because um i caught covid last weekend uh, my second infection of it so uh it's uh not as bad as the first time but it's still quite an ordeal um you're still you're still COVID free after three and a half years, huh? Yeah, yeah. Um, because I'm a recluse and <laughs> I wear my mask like literally everywhere. That's true. Um, you went through your month of K-pop concerts and got away scot free. So you know, bravo to you. It just goes to show that um, maybe I should have been more diligent. vigilant with my yeah. mask wearing um, regimen. Um, but yeah, so. I hope I don't get it. Like, I don't want to catch anything because we're slowly approaching flu season, and <laughs> I'm like, I don't want to get the flu either. I, I don't, I just don't want to get sick. Period. Because it takes forever for me to recover. I remember <laughs> the last time I had a flu; it took me like two months to oh, recover. No. Well, um, best of luck to you this coming flu season. But yeah, we're not here to talk about my my unfortunate um situation we're here to check out the latest asian american book news so um yeah let's get started um as always I'd like to begin with the latest asian american publication announcements um compiled by rira from sources like publishers weekly um and social media um so rira please start us off with our first book deal Okay, so our first book deal is Random House Studio acquired world rights to Hamilton star Philippa Sue's debut picture book, Piper Chen Sings. Sue will be partnering with her sister-in-law, Maris Pasquale Doran, and artist Chin Lang. The picture book follows enthusiastic singer Piper, who loves to sing anytime and anywhere. When she's offered a slot at her school's talent show, Piper must overcome her stage fright to put on an unforgettable performance. Publication is set for April 2nd, 2024. Uh, the classic story of um, stage fright on your first show. Uh, Rira, did you ever do any like stage shows when you were a kid? I mean, I was in band, so <laughs> I had solos. I was I was an oboe player, the only oboe player at my schools for a very very long time. So, pretty much, I I got all the solos. And was I that hated it. a strategic decision? Because oh yeah, it was a strategic <laughs> decision because like I once get into college and uh, surprisingly, <laughs> oboe players like get picked for colleges pretty uh, often because like when I 
like the first week of college, I found like six oboe like players. And I'm just like, wow. Yeah. What are the chances? I found this out late in the game, but apparently, yeah, if you play a it's the oboe and like the bassoon, right? Like yeah, double readed like, instruments. Not very common in bands are like it actually helps you stick out, right? Because you are like the outlier in like a sea of trumpets and flutes and clarinets. It's because no one wants to play them. Double readed <laughs> instruments are so they, they require a lot of upkeep because the reeds are more fragile. And it's harder to play because your embouchure and your breathing technique is different. <laughs> so it's it sucks. I'm so glad I don't play anymore. Like the minute I got into college, I was like, okay, I'm done. Like <laughs> I couldn't even quit in high school, even if I like wanted to. Like I remember like back in high school, we had like a set number of electives you could take and I couldn't take any art classes. And um, I tried to quit band and then my band teacher found out and um he was very adamant that i didn't quit so oh. see yeah. i enjoyed but, band i was in marching band all four years i did jazz band i did the whole like music circuit except orchestra i didn't play any string instruments but yeah i remember my first um stage experience was like i think it was like maybe first grade i had a one line um during the christmas recital and it was like the most nerve wracking thing ever. I, I still don't enjoy like I have done stage plays before, but it's still like it's still very nerve wracking. Like I'd much rather just speak into a microphone where no one can see me, which is why I'm a podcaster. I mean, yeah, I get stage fright quite often, even when it's like through Zoom or uh, virtual panels. <laughs> Public speaking is definitely not my forte, which is why. When Marvin suggested we do this podcast, I'm like, are you sure you want me to be your co-host? Because I am not a public speaker. So, But you're doing fine. You're doing great. Uh, that's good to hear. <laughs> and you know what would have helped growing up is Philip Sue's book about overcoming stage fright. Perhaps. <laughs> Perhaps. All right. Well, congrats to Philippa on the book deal. Um, next up, Nancy Paulson Books at Penguin bought Mabel and the Museum, a picture book by author-illustrator Dana Wolfkati. The story is about Mabel who loves collecting tiny treasures, but the one thing she doesn't have is anyone to share them with. So she decides to open up her own backyard museum and collects new friends in the process. Publication is planned for spring 2025. A backyard museum? That sounds really interesting. Yeah. And the best part is this museum has no colonialism. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's all made from readily available domestic trinkets and such. I remember like reading a recent um, drama with the Met because um, like the like one of the directors for for an exhibit like absolutely refused to talk about uh, like stolen artifacts. <laughs> and I was just like, oh, interesting. It's you sound very guilty. <laughs> yeah. And I also love that this is a story about a kid who, you know, decides to take proactive action to get what she wants. And that is, you know, gathering like-minded friends for her museum of backyard treasures, which is sounds fun. I wonder what the treasures are. Maybe rocks. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Bugs. Like I mean, rocks with like <laughs> quartz in it. I mean, yeah. now it sounds like we're we're talking about like an Animal Crossing museum. That's exactly what I'm thinking. This is an Animal Crossing museum. She's making her own Animal Crossing museum. 
All right. Our next book deal is Coca-Cola Preempted World Rights to a Roof by debut author Stephanie Ellen Tsai, illustrated by Daniel Tinkunko. The picture book is about a girl in the Philippines who must return a neighbor's roof after a terrible storm, learning about the value of community and embodying Bayanihan. Publication is scheduled for fall 2024. Yeah. Is is returning a roof a thing? Is it similar to repairing a roof or is it like something... I mean, I guess it depends on the roof, right? If it's like a slate of metal that got blown away by a storm, you could technically return it. So I I don't know. I guess. Yeah, you're right. It might just literally be returning a roof that got blown away. I guess that makes sense. I mean, storms in Southeast Asia are no joke. I mean, (laughs) the flooding, the harsh winds... It's one of, like, going to Asia during monsoon slash typhoon season is the worst. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. And it also sounds like it's a, it's a story about um, Filipino culture and community. So that, that's cool, too. Yeah, especially nowadays where we don't even know our neighbors. <laughs> yeah. All right. Next up, Amazon Crossing Kids acquired world English rights to a pair of little red mittens. Written by Karen Hayashi and illustrated by Chiaki Okada and translated from Japanese by Avery Fisher Udagawa. The book is a seasonal story about two mittens that are upset when they become separated, but who both end up happy in the end. Publication is planned for fall 2024. Did you wear mittens as a child? I grew up in LA, so no. Oh, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> like, I feel like I never wore mittens as a kid. When I was living in the East Coast, when it where it actually snowed, I feel like it was always gloves. Yeah, when I lived in the East Coast, um, I was wearing gloves as well. I've never actually owned a pair of mittens, or it's. I wonder, like, I've always wondered about the functionality, right? Because obviously, it's not meant to be functional. Like, you don't have access to your fingers. Um, but I guess kids don't really have to worry about that, right? I guess it's for the cuteness factor. <laughs> I guess, like uh, now nowadays, like they. They have gloves where you can uh, actually text on your phone. They, yeah. they have like sensors on your on the fingertips. Yeah. So I guess if any of our listeners um, can enlighten us to the um, point of mittens, please let us know because I would love to, to understand that. All right. Our next book deal is Sleeping Bear Acquired World Rights to the Beat of the Dragon Boat by Christina Matula and illustrated by Nicole Wong. The picture book is about a boy and his grandfather as they prepare for this Chinese festival. Publication is scheduled for spring 2025. Which Chinese festival? Um, (laughs) The Dragon Ball Festival, I'm assuming, which we mentioned a couple months ago. It's the festival at the beginning of summer where it's traditional to do Dragon Ball races and to eat the um, the zongzi, which is like, I guess, the Chinese tamales, like with the sticky rice. Interesting. See, yeah. Asians are not a monolith. There's a <laughs> lot of, you know, separation when it comes to our holidays. Yeah, I feel like, you know, there's a lot of Chinese holidays that like have different names. So I feel like every time something comes up like this, people get confused because um, we don't have like our holidays are less n- well known than like things like Western holidays like Christmas and Easter and I don't know, Halloween. Yeah. All right. Next up, Little Brown acquired at auction. The door is open. A middle grade anthology edited by Hina Khan and Erica Turner that explores and celebrates the South Asian American experience through a collection of short stories, all connected through a local community center. Contributors include Sayatani Dasgupta, Reem Faruqi, Veena Hiranandani, Simran Jit Singh, 
Supriya Kelkar, Ranjani Laroka, uh, Malik Pancholi, Mitali Perkins, Aisha Saeed, and N.H. Senzai. No publication date has been um, released yet, but this sounds really interesting. Um, a lot of familiar names in the contributor list. Actually, we interviewed Aisha Saeed recently. Yeah, we talked to her about her upcoming book, 40 Words for Love, that you'll probably be hearing on this podcast feed next week. So stay tuned for that. But yeah, this, I think it's always cool to see like short story anthologies with all these like great published writers. Yeah, and I, I, I like the fact that it's like very specific, you know, it's specific to South Asian American experiences, because a lot of the time when we have like Asian anthologies, like back in the day, when there weren't a lot of Asian American authors, I feel like uh, you would get like two or three South Asian authors. So it's really nice that there is like a wide uh, range of authors in this collection. Yeah. All right, our next book deal, Green Willow Books bought The Little Cloud by Pam Fong, a picture book about a cloud who would rather appreciate the beauty of the world than spend all her time storming, and who teaches the other clouds how to seize the day. Publication is scheduled for winter 2025. Now, I know this is not how clouds work, but I do like that this is a book about teaching kids not to be so mad all the time. This cloud is all about vibes, all about good vibes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they yeah. don't want to work. And I understand that feeling quite well. Totally cute. Uh, okay. Our next book deal. Albert Whitman acquired world rights to Grace Lee Boggs' Gardens of Hope. Written by Sanju Ma Damick and illustrated by Lee Lin. This picture book biography is about Chinese-American activist Grace Lee Boggs, who co-founded Detroit Summer to inspire young people to work together for positive social change. Publication is scheduled for fall 2024. I love picture book biographies that explore Asian-American history. You know, we're, we've been getting more of those lately, so it's really exciting. Yeah, and Grace Lee Boggs is someone who is, uh, if you're in the Asian-American activist space, um, you might be familiar with her name, but um, the greater, I guess, public probably is not as familiar with her work. And she is someone who, along with Yuri Koshiyama, was like a huge um, part of like the civil rights movement. So it's really cool to see more um, kids get exposure to her story. Yeah. All right, our next book deal is, in a two-book deal, Soho Teen acquired Kelly Murashige's YA debut and contemporary fantasy, The Lost Souls of Ben Zaitin. After 17-year-old Machi finds herself unable to speak following a traumatic friendship breakup, she prays to the Japanese goddess Ben Zaitin for one thing, to become a vacuum cleaner robot and accidentally invokes the deity who makes it her mission to show Machi that life is worth living. Publication is slated for fall 2024. A vacuum cleaner robot of all the things to wish to become? That's that's an interesting choice. Like a Roomba, right? I mean, we were just uh, talking about just wanting to vibe and just, you know, live the simple life. And being a vacuum cleaner robot seems pretty simple. You just wake up, clean up dirt, and go back to sleep. But it's still work, so why would you want to be a vacuum cleaner? <laughs> then you're a robot. Yeah, it's very... It, yeah, I'm... A lot of questions are popping up <laughs> after reading this pitch. But it's a very classic story. It's, it's like, it's a wonderful life. You just... Sometimes when things are at their lowest, you can't really see past your own your own grief. So it sounds like it has a pretty optimistic message. And, you know, the vacuum cleaner robot thing is pretty funny. So I'm assuming there's be some, some humor in there, too. Yeah. Yeah. 
All right, next up, Random House has acquired world rights to Ritu in the Sun by Moniza Hossein and illustrated by Mercedes Lopez. This picture book is about a girl who loves the sun but is asked to stay in the shade by her grandmother due to ingrained colorism. Publication is scheduled for spring 2026. Wow, isn't this relatable to every single Asian American girl out there? Just any like person of color, really. Like it's 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 kind of it's kind of amazing how deeply ingrained colorism is. Um, actually, f- for like many cultures, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, like with East Asian culture, like being super pale has always been the beauty ideal, even before colonization and Western imperialism. Um, I definitely were, was told as a kid to wear sunscreen. And that's probably why I look the way I am. A lot of people say that I have not aged. So, I mean, I guess that's nice. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So, as always, it's great to see a book for children that addresses these issues and, you know, puts pictures and words to the thoughts that like, hey, this is kind of, the vibes are kind of off here, right? Yeah. What's so so bad about being tan, huh? (laughs) Or being dark skinned? Yeah. Sometimes you have to go out into the sun and, because you need the vitamin D, okay? Like, as someone who's cooped up in her house all the time, my doctor has said, you need to go out more and actually absorb <laughs> sunlight. <laughs> oh, no. You know it's bad when your doctor tells you you need to go touch some grass. Well, not touch grass. Just, <laughs> just you know, have, like, sunbathe. And I'm like, I don't, like, I feel like that is against my culture, but my culture is wrong. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Our last book deal is Abrams bought world rights to Unbreakable, a Japanese-American family in an American incarceration camp. Co-authored by Jolene Gutierrez and Minoru Tonai and illustrated by Chris Sasaki. This historical fiction picture book is based on the experiences of Minoru Tonai, a Japanese-American whose father was arrested by the FBI after the bombing of Pearl Harbor and whose family was imprisoned in an incarceration camp in Colorado during World War II. Publication is set for fall 2025. Yeah, another picture book um, teaching kids very important history lessons um, that, like a lot of Asian-American history, is kind of um, glossed over, right? Yeah, this book would definitely be banned in Texas and Florida because it teaches correct history and doesn't show (laughs) white people as like in a good light. And I feel like this is very this is a very important book because we can't like we should remember like what this country has done to Japanese Americans because history repeats itself. So, yeah, no. Even though it's grim, I think it's very important. And yeah, that was our last book deal for our 2023 um, update. Um, lots of picture books this month, um, which is always great. Always great to see more picture books um, by and about Asian, Asian American stories uh, for, for the kids out there. Um, makes it easier for me to buy gifts for my young nieces and nephews. Uh, but moving on to our book news segment... Yeah, so our first piece of news is that Books for Maui is hosting a bookish auction for Maui relief efforts after the Lahaina wildfire. Uh, The auction will be live at 6 a.m. Hawaiian Standard Time or 12 p.m. Eastern Time 
on Monday, August 21st, and the auction will end on the 25th. All proceeds will be going to organizations who are providing disaster response, relief, and recovery directly to the community. Um, Try not to donate to um, like federal and state charities because uh, we don't know if it's actually going into the indigenous community in Maui. So some of the organizations that are li- that are listed for Books for Maui are Hawaii Community Foundation, Maui Food Bank, Kamehameha, Kamehameha, and Council for Native Hawaiian Advancement. And you can learn more about Books for Maui by following them on Instagram at Books for Maui. Um, the donations actually closed early because they got like over 800 uh, items for auction. So that's really great. Yeah, it's really cool to see, you know, community members rally for this cause. Um, you know, as, as people who live in Southern California, we're no strangers to wildfires, but um, we've always been lucky that we lived far enough from those epicenters that we don't really feel the effects of it. Like this fire is like real bad. Like it's destroyed a lot. Yeah, of, it like yeah. decimated the entire island pretty much. Um, like people were in the ocean for five hours to survive this fire. And what's really sucky is that all these rich people are trying to go for land grabs after um, people lost their homes. Of course they are. Yeah. Of course they are. That's, you know, a history of how America um, colonizes. Colonizers got to colonize, you know. it's. I've been seeing a lot of TikToks of people who actually stayed in Maui for vacation and just went to the big island. They're like, this is my vacation. I'm going to have a good time. And I'm like, you're taking up resources. Go home. <laughs> and the people who, you know, didn't cancel their trips. What is wrong with you? I mean, like, I know it's a lot of money and you're probably not going to get refunds. But really, like, you're going to do this during a really dire time for the community? I don't know. It's just not right. Yeah, it's, there's a lot of... There, this this tragedy has revealed a lot of shittiness in people, but also a lot of good in people, um, such as the um, Books for Maui auctions. So we can't stop bad people from being bad, but at least we can do our part in making sure that people get the help and support they need to to make it through this tragedy. And so, um, yeah, uh, we'll include the links in our show notes. So if you want to support, uh, please um Please check them out. All right. Our second piece of news is Love in Taipei, which is the screen adaptation of Le Boat Taipei by Abigail Hing Wen, premiered on Paramount Plus on August 10th. I have not watched it yet, but Marvin has. I have. And, um, you know, Abigail Hing Wen did post on her Twitter and Instagram that if you use the code Taipei uh, when signing up for Paramount Plus, you get one month free instead of the usual um, one week free trial. So um, if you do plan on watching it, um, that's one way to to get um, a little more bang for your buck. And yeah, I, I did watch Love and Taipei. Uh, we're actually discussing that this week on Good Pop, my other uh, pop culture podcast. Um, I So it's a really interesting um, situation where as a fluffy rom-com that takes place in Taipei, it works fine. But as a adaptation, it's maybe like 50% faithful to the book. 
um, which is fine. I mean, they probably had to do a lot of rewrites and stuff to make it work for a movie. I almost wish it was a TV series as we originally thought it would be um, because there's just a lot of stuff that didn't make it onto screen that I really would have loved to see. But at the same time, like as a avid supporter of Asian Asian American stories and media. Um, I do encourage everyone to check it out, um, to watch it, to give it the views because um, everyone involved in the project I do like. Like um, Ross Butler is great. Um, Ashley Lau is great as the lead. Um, Nico Harago plays Xavier. Does a really good job. And I would love to see like the next few books also adapted, you know, so... Yeah, I yeah. mean, congratulations to the cast crew and also Abigail for having the adaptation uh, premiere. I mean, this was like a long journey. I mean, we've been tracking it for quite a while. So congratulations again. Okay, so moving on, the Asian American Literature Festival, AALF, which was abruptly shut down by the Smithsonian relaunched as Ghosted World, an uncalled Asian American literature festival. And the festival was held earlier this month from August 4th to the 6th. Uh, We covered this in our last mid-month episode, I believe, like when the Smithsonian just unceremoniously canceled the festival like three weeks before they were supposed to, um, three weeks before they had to like launch and all of their reasons were absolute BS. So it's pretty cool that they were still able to have some kind of festival, even though it was on a much smaller scale. Yeah, I mean, when you cancel a festival like one month out, everyone's already booked their travel. Everyone's already booked their like lodgings and stuff. So it's really hard for the people coming to really change their um, plans at will unless they were paid to come through like a publisher or something. So you have all this talent there, you know, might as well just, move the programming somewhere else. I'm glad that they were able to find a space to let them do that. I love the name of the festival too, <laughs> because it's like alluding to how the Smithsonian just did not respond to a lot of their questions until they were forced to make a statement, which was also just like an empty statement. Yeah. Yeah. So if you check out the Instagram account, AALF Collective, you'll see clips from their festival i think they also had like a karaoke session as one of the programs that they had so that's pretty cool hopefully they'll be able to have a more full-scale festival next year yeah i mean like props to the festival staff you guys did you guys did great yeah it's definitely a lot of work to pull together something something like this in such a short amount of time even if it is in like a a a smaller state so kudos to the team for persevering and you know looking forward to what the lit fest looks like um in in coming years okay so if you guys are part of discord you guys probably saw all the complaints that i had about prosecraft uh so if you're active on book twitter you probably heard about it it kind of went viral so Prosecraft is the site that used novels to um, pretty much collect data and um, data like word count, passive voice, uh, plot points, narrative structure um, to help writers learn how to write better. And uh, the problem, I mean, it's a great mission, but the problem with it was that the founder, Benji Smith, uh, who... 
The problem is that Benji Smith, uh, he pretty much scraped pirated books. I think it was more than like 3,000 authors that he scraped books from these pirated libraries. And the problem with that is, you know, obviously authors did not give consent for their work to be used for AI development and they were not compensated for it. And it's also, personally, I find it a little bit insulting that they believe that just pure data will make you a good writer because that just sounds like you're trying to replace human artists um, with just like AI art. And I don't know, I have like tons of feelings on it. You probably, it's like you can probably read my anger off of the discord comments that I've been posting. Um, and, you know, Prosecraft shut down because a lot of authors um, protested. And some of these authors were actually like prolific Asian American authors like Celeste Ng and Indra, Indra Das. And um, yeah, like it, like the, Founder said, I believed I was honoring the spirit of fair use doctrine, which doesn't require the consent of the original author. And I'm like, it's a little bit murky when you use plagiarized works from a pirated library. Yeah, especially if the goal is to eventually use that AI that you train to make money, right? And it's just, it's such a tech thing to do to think that you can use data to determine what a writing style is. And the thing is like, this is the type of thing that like executives love because they can see, okay, we can see what based on this data model and, you know, by using the word data model, you automatically give yourself like authority, right? Um, we can see what mix of voice sells the most. And now every single book we do will have this mix as our target. And that is just, that paints a very like dire picture for the future of like creative media. Yeah. So, uh, Prosecraft shut down. However, uh, Benji Smith's other, uh, AI program, Shakespeare, it's still running and, um, the data is not deleted. So like his apology means absolutely nothing. <laughs> um, if you still have that data, you can still use AI to pretty much mimic these authors' writing styles. And it's it's just not it's not cool, man. Yeah. I mean, I feel like scraping off of pirated sites, there's probably some legal action that'd be taken there, right? Like I assume I, I bet this whole ordeal isn't over. No, I'm pretty sure a bunch of authors have sued for yeah. copyright infringement. Yeah, so I guess the um, the story continues. Um, if there's any updates, we'll, we'll, we'll let you know in a future book news episode. You know, the best way to become a better writer and to improve your craft, it's to actually write, okay? Like, no amount of technology is going to help you. That's my personal opinion, but, you know, I just feel like we shouldn't be using AI to replace human artists. Especially when human artists don't even get paid all that much. Yeah, I think that's a uh, that's that's in the that's the official stance of Books and Boba is, um, hey, pay your human artists. I don't really want to read books written by AI. What would that yeah, even like, be like? I don't know. Like 
bad. <laughs> my my friend's been using ChatGPT to write like spoof screenplays just to see like what an AI would would just come up with. Like what do they think is a good rom-com? And it's it's just gibberish. It is just so bad. Well, rest assured that Books and Bubble will always read books written by human Asian, Asian Americans. Um, and I guess with that, that'll do it for our mid-month check-in for August 2023. Um, before we go, though, uh, Rira, please remind us what we are reading for book club uh, for this month. Yeah, we are reading Bitter Medicine by Mia Sai. And it's a workplace romance between a Chinese immortal and a French elf. So it's urban fantasy and urban romance mixed in with a little bit of shansha. It's a lot of genre bending. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Um, I'm mostly done with the book and I've been really enjoying it. So uh, really excited to uh, discuss this book with you. And for our listeners who have finished the book already, um, please let us know your thoughts on our Discord or our Goodreads forums. As always, we love to include your thoughts on our podcast whenever possible. Uh, don't forget, you can always support Books and Boba by either um, supporting our Patreon, uh, purchasing our Books and Boba merch from our merch store, or by buying books off of our Books and Boba bookshop, uh, where um, your proceeds go to supporting your local bookstores as well as the Books and Boba podcast. Um, but with that, um, Rira, as always, thanks for compiling all the news for our mid-month episodes. And yeah, we'll see you all next time. Bye, everybody. Bye. Thanks for listening to Books and Boba. This podcast was hosted by Marvin Yue and Rira Yu and edited and produced by Marvin Yue. Follow the book club on Twitter and Instagram by going to at Books and Boba and engage with us on Goodreads on our Goodreads group. You can also check out past episodes of the podcast by going to booksandboba.com and by subscribing to us on your favorite podcast app. Don't forget, you can support Books and Boba and Asian American authors by purchasing books at our bookshop.org account. Check out the link in our show notes and also at booksandboba.com. Books and Boba is a proud member of the Potluck Podcast Collective, a collective of Asian American hosted podcasts featuring unique voices and stories from the Asian diaspora. Learn more about the collective and check out our fellow Potluck shows by visiting the website podcastpotluck.com. Thanks for listening. Hey, I'm Phil Yu, and you may know me from a blog called Angry Asian Man. And I'm Jeff Yang, author, journalist, and celebrity dad. We host a podcast called They Call Us Bruce, an unfiltered conversation about what's happening in Asian America. Each week or so, we host a discussion about some of the most vital and interesting topics in our pop culture and our community, bringing in guests who are shaping and informing this thing called Asian America from Hollywood to D.C. and beyond. Uh, we've got media, entertainment, food, family, politics, representation, the good, the bad, the WTF of it all. So check us out wherever you get your podcasts or at theycallsbruce.com. Peace. Peace. Peace.